0: Welcome to Geeky, of show ever number 84. I know I don't have an Australian accent, which you're used to hearing right now, but hey, that guy over there, uh, he has an English accent, so it's a little bit closer.
1: Uh, and I'd like to claim sole responsibility for giving you the Australians. <laughs>
0: so uh, you're probably wondering where Kevin and Mark are. Um, you know what? I'm not even sure what show they're doing this week, David. I have no idea either it's I, all very confusing it is well this is the stoplight networks annual second annual swap shows week what we do is uh the different podcasters in the sh- stoplight network do somebody else's show and uh this week uh our show which is tech fan which is techfanpodcast.com uh was done by the three geeky ladies and uh we're doing geekiest show ever which really isn't a uh a hard show for us to do, David.
1: It's like putting on an old pair of slippers
0: it's uh let's see episode eighty four so hmm, that's a lot of episodes <laughs>
1: it is uh and it's been a bit of a stop start show, hasn't it over the it years. has but
0: you know mark and uh and Kevin are doing a great job on the show, yeah. And uh, I, I enjoy listening to it. Now, I should say that uh, David and I are actually part of the crew that started the Geekiest Show Ever way, way back in the day. And this show came out of another podcast that we were doing at the time called the MyMac Podcast. And a bunch of us were doing the MyMac Podcast, and we while we enjoyed doing that show, um, the conversations off the air were often more interesting to us than the ones we were talking about on the air because we were talking about a lot of things that had nothing to do with computers or macs very geeky topics so we came up with the idea of starting a second show and calling it geeky a show ever and that show was basically all the other conversations that we were having yep. and uh it kind of i don't know what it kind of grew a, a life of its own uh, it's gone through a couple different hosts and it's settled down with a uh, with mark and kevin and like i said i think they're doing a great job i enjoy the show yeah but that being said david i kind of miss doing it so it's kind of nice to to come back to familiar ground and crank out a podcast especially this week
1: it's almost like the powers that be decided to give us something to talk
0: about oh my god A I went to um, a movie that's a sci-fi type thing that we could talk about a little bit Uh, but of course the big news that slammed into everybody this week was Disney buys Lucasfilms more appropriately you can say Disney bought Star Wars
1: I mean, Lucasfilm does other things, but Star Wars is their um, kind of uh, tentpole property, really, isn't it?
0: Yeah, they own Indiana Jones, but meh. But when it comes to when you think Lucasfilm, you think Star Wars. Yeah. And I uh, my my Facebook inbox exploded this week with a bunch of people asking my opinion on the Star Wars Disney thing, and uh, instead of replying to everybody there, I just I put one post up on uh, on Facebook and. I don't think I was suffering from hyperbole when I said it's the biggest entertainment news ever. Ever. It's bigger than when Disney bought Marvel.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, much bigger than that.
0: And maybe two studios merging would be bigger, but I don't think so. Uh, because, the, well, this is two studios merging, but you know what I mean. I if If Disney would have bought, let's say, 20th Century Fox, People have been like, "Ooh, wow!" But that's not the same thing. <laughs> I can you think of anything bigger than maybe? I I can't think well, of another.
1: I, I guess I guess the most uh, the most recent kind of similar shake up in the entertainment history was when um, Pixar and Disney merged, which uh, you know obviously had some parallels and in fact you know even though it was a it was a it was kind of a disney acquisition in fact pixar really took over disney animation yeah it was the
0: opposite um, all the top pixar people moved into all the top positions at disney so it was almost like a reverse takeover very similar to when apple purchased next computer and all the top people at next ended up running apple within a year
1: Yeah, and of course, you know, same guy was behind both deals, so there you go. Um, I I mean, you know, this is is pretty seismic. I mean, you're talking about what is arguably uh, the biggest, pretty much the biggest entertainment company in the world. If you look at Disney's TV, movie, animation properties, and also the theme parks uh, and the properties they already own, coming together with the biggest... Pop culture franchise in the world, which is Star Wars, and, in the and past has, forty
0: years. Yeah,
1: and and you know, despite um, despite uh, George Lucas's latest attempts to uh, poison the well, remains a hugely popular franchise. Um, and uh, and so, yeah, to bring those two together, and particularly particularly resonant for me because I, you know, I've just come back from Hong Kong and I went to uh, Hong Kong Disneyland while I was there. Uh, and it 's the first time i 've really been to a Disney park since the Marvel acquisition um and you can really see now how Disney is trying to capitalize on that in terms of what they 're doing to the parks and the stuff you can buy in the parks and that sort of thing and um you know to to bring Star Wars into that mix as a disney owned property is just you know it, it kind of it 's almost like Marvel was the prototype for this. Uh, And now Disney's like, yeah, Disney's now now you know gone bought the big prize, Um, and uh, you can really see them kind of pushing pushing ahead with this.
0: Well, when you look at back at what Marvel had traditionally done with their movies, it it, or and with their property outside the comic books, it it was quite embarrassing. the The animated shows weren't very good. The live action stuff were eh, not very good. Uh, The only time a Marvel property seemed to become popular is if somebody else did it. For instance, when Sony got their hands on Spider-Man and made those movies, those were very popular. Uh, Who made uh, the X-Men, I forget? Was it Paramount or uh, whoever it was?
1: Um, Was was that that Universal? Yeah, it it
0: might have been Universal. I think it was, yeah. So, and that was pretty good. So, with Disney buying Marvel... um, you would have got. I don't think you would have got the Avengers the way we got the Avengers.
1: Well, I mean, I mean, the kind of the the thing about that is that the obviously Marvel Studios has been working very hard for a long time before they were acquired to um, kind of bring the Avengers about, and that's a, you know it's been a long term play. But I, I think you know Disney gave them the um, you know really the backing to 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 push that to fruition, and you know thank God for Disney. That they did because they had the foresight
0: know, to to let this continue what Marvel yeah, had started.
1: You could very easily say, "Oh, you know, it's kind of too risky. Maybe we should stop that." And if they hadn't, because last last um, this is it is it is this year still this year this summer last had, time I checked. Yeah, no, sorry, I'm just trying to because I didn't uh, some of these movies I didn't see when they actually came out in the pictures. I saw them afterwards, um, but yeah, uh, you know, they had the biggest film of the year which was the Avengers so and then one of the had,
0: biggest of all time at this point.
1: Yeah, but then they also had one of the biggest bombs of the year with uh with John Carter.
0: Which actually and, was a pretty good movie actually.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, in fact, and I was just about to add that. I I saw that on a plane a few weeks ago and uh I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty good and I, and I I did too. I was just, yeah, I I I It was I've, a
0: financial bomb. It wasn't a yeah. a movie bomb in in like the second and third Matrix movies. It was it was good. Right.
1: Yeah, I, I think the problem is is it it was a, it was a weak property in mindshare. People didn't really weren't really as familiar with that storyline as uh, perhaps the executives assumed. Right. And and I think it was also marketed very poorly. Absolutely. Um, and because it wasn't really clear what it was about, and it wasn't really clear kind of what the, what the hook of it was, it had several you know name changes, and it and kind of you know it showed signs of of interference. And I think all of those things conspired. And also, it was it was colossally expensive. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, all it's of all which bad.
0: we don't care about. All we care about is watching a good movie. No, and, well, and yeah, when a I mean, decent movie comes out and it bombs financially, you know, from our perspective, it's like oh man. Are they not going to make good movies like this, or is it going to be Beverly Hills Cop twelve and you know uh, continuing? Uh,
1: yeah, they, the only sad thing about John Carter is that there's plenty of scope for more movies, uh, and those probably won't get made now. No, they won't.
0: That's no. that's a dead property again until yeah another twenty years when some executive goes, yeah, let's dust this off, see if we can make any money off this one. Um, Getting back to Disney buying Star Wars. I'm gonna, I don't want to say Lucasfilm, I want to just say Star Wars, because that's really where I want to concentrate. Mm-hmm. The other big announcement, which everyone kind of just fell out of their chair about, was not only did they announce that Disney is buying Star Wars, they immediately, in the same press release, said, and oh yeah, by the way, Star Wars Episode Seven comes out in 2015. Which everybody just went, oh my god. So now the speculation, of course, is what can we expect from the new Star Wars trilogy, and going forward, uh, Disney said that they want to release a new Star Wars movie every two to three years, beyond the next trilogy. uh First question, David. Then st- staying there with the seven, eight, nine, the next trilogy. Uh, what's your expectations? Do you think it's going to be a continuation of the the Skywalker saga, which is what the first two were about. The first one was about mm-hmm. Darth Vader falling to the dark side, and the second one was about his son rising up to become a Jedi and, at the end, saving his father.
1: Well, there, there are. I think the, there's a risk with them taking that approach. I mean, that's the obvious approach. There's a that's risk. what everybody
0: wants to see, isn't it?
1: Well, yeah, the, the difficulty is, is that in terms of kind of... Whereas the prequels were... Um, very much, you know, Lucas's vision themselves, kind of what happened after the Star Wars movies has been very, very heavily mined in fiction since the movies came out in the, in the books. There yeah, has but
0: they've got to put that behind them. Well, J- just uh, I like they like, did... Well,
1: I, I, but I think the, the problem is is that as soon as you start talking about developing... That series in film to say what happened after the fall of the Empire, how did um, these heroes kind of go on to form, uh, to, to to create their vision of of what the what the galaxy should be after the fall of the Empire? I think you have to immediately at that point as a writer or a studio exec or who anybody involved in developing those movies say, well, what do we do? Do we ignore everything that's been written in yes. fan fiction, some yes. of which has been very successful? Yes, you absolutely. Do, or, or do There's we... a
0: predecessor for all this, David. It's called Star Trek. How do they yeah. do? They they completely ignored everything. All of the TV series, everything. And they said, you know what? We're going to completely reboot this.
1: Well, that could be the other approach is to actually redo Star Wars.
0: No, well, they're not going to do that. I don't think so?
1: No, no, that'll uh, never happen. You know what? They're just, gonna, they're just going to
0: pretend strange. that the movies are the only thing that really matter. Now, I don't think... they you, you can't look at the comics, you can't look at the books, it's the movies. Because that's what most people know. But
1: but if you're creating a new story, do you want to take some of the best ideas out of that expanded universe and use that as a basis, even if you don't use it um, blow for blow? I yeah, mean, was, if, was... if you...
0: It, Grand Admiral Tharne. Yeah, I would, would exactly. absolutely I mean, love that. That's the that. thing I'm thinking. That, yeah.
1: You know, I'd love to see a movie with him as the villain.
0: But, you know, writers are typically very egotistical, <laughs> as I know, because <laughs> I'm a writer. Um, and, and we like our own ideas more than we like other people's ideas, uh, even if that's not the way to go. By the same token, when it comes to a property like Star Wars, um, the people at the top make the decisions. And they give you, okay, we we want it to be about... Um, it's 25, 30 years after Return of the Jedi. Um, we these are the characters we want in it, and this is basically the idea that we have. We want it to be setting up, you know, Luke's children or whatever it is. Um, and here's the characters we we want you to incorporate, including this Grand Admiral Tharn. Go. So yes, I, I sure they could do that, but I don't think that they can look at the books and say all of this is canon. Because it's become so convoluted and no, crazy at no. this point.
1: Yeah, yeah, but but I think I think um, it is worth bearing in mind that you know Lucasfilm stuff itself, like the games, have used um, some of the expanded universe as a basis.
0: And they've done um, a generally a, a decent job, but
1: yeah,
0: it was getting a little out of hand, to be honest. I mean, because some of the stuff in the video games, like uh, the Force game, what is that? The uh, but the Force Unleashed. Yeah. The guy was so powerful. He was bringing Death Stars, or uh, uh, Star Destroyers down and crashing it into planets and stuff. It's like, really? He could do that with the Force? But yet, Luke and uh, Ben Kenobi have the slowest sword fight in the history of the world (laughs) at the end of A New Hope. Um, uh, well, you see, you know, you know, you've got to be careful saying stuff like that, because that's when
1: some studio exec goes, Oh, hey, yeah, what we should do is we should remake the first movie, but kind of with all the cool stuff that came later on. <laughs> you yeah, know?
0: I would be worried about that if Lucas already didn't go back and screw with those movies. and He's still, really,
1: still going to have some peripheral involvement.
0: Now nah, they they say that. that's That's to appease the fans. You know what that is? That's sending him an email occasionally to see what he thinks of a certain idea. And after them. after they've already made up their mind. Absolutely. He, he has, once he sells it, they could say whatever they want. It's just to appease the fans. Lucas wants out. He's wanted out for a long time. Yeah. Um, I think making the prequels completely burned him out of Star Wars. I don't think he's had a whole lot of control over the Clone Wars television series. Mm-hmm. I think he did a little bit at first, but then he relinquished control when he saw that the writers and the Artists were doing a good job with it. And, uh, you know, they would probably give him a broad outline. He'd say, well, you know, the Wookiees really wouldn't do that. So they would change it accordingly. But other than that, I don't think he's had a lot to do with it. And that's why the Clone Wars TV series, in its uh, fourth or fifth season, I believe it's the fourth, no, I think it's the fifth season, um, is by far the best Star Wars since the original trilogy. I mean, it's it's simply fantastic. Yeah. And so that's what you could see. And that's honestly where one of my concerns is, by the way, what happens to that TV series. It's it's really starting to do better in ratings now than it's ever done before. Yeah. yeah. But uh, no, I don't think George Lucas is going to have any kind of day to day or much creative input other than, well, my story centered around this and it went to there and then this happens and that's it.
1: So my, my fancy about seeing Jar Jar Binks, uh, you know, taking a long journey to become a Jedi master won't be fulfilled then?
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> Me's a Jedi now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, I don't know, you know, I, I, my initial reaction when I first heard the news was one of jubilation. I thought, Yes. George Lucas is finally not going to be in charge of Star Wars anymore. (laughs) It really is kind of.
1: I I mean, he
0: created it. How how could he be a bad thing for it? But yet.
1: Well, but it always struck me. I even thought this after I. I, Before I saw the first Star Wars movie, I read the book, the novelization, about fifteen times. Yeah, Um, I was at that age you know, when I was eight or nine, when I was just really getting into reading and it was one of the largest books I had. And yeah, I literally just read the hell out of it. It was such a great story. And of course, that novelization, even though it was titled as being written by George Lucas, it wasn't, it was ghost written by somebody else. Um, but it was very, very close to the original shooting script. So I really got a very good feel for the movie before I actually saw it. And um it always struck me, you know, even at a fairly tender age, when they went on to do uh, Empire Return of the Jedi, that it always struck me from the from the tone of the script of the book that this was meant to be a standalone movie. And, you know it was so phenomenally successful that he then started talking about, you know, well, this is where it could go. And, and yeah, I always had a vision for these other few movies and the other stories, but it always struck me as thinking that, you know, kind of the guy's been winging it for years and, you know, this was one very simple story, um, and it was meant to be standalone and just, he got overtaken by events and they had to keep expanding it and expanding it. And he pulled it off in empire, um, Kind of lost his way, it started to lose his way a little bit with Return of the Jedi, and then from there it was kind of downhill. Um, and you know, they the some of the stuff in the prequels was shocking, it really was, yeah. But, um, you know, and and I and I think the problem is, is one of the reasons the guy stepped away from it now is because you know, he's he's not he's really has kind of mined it out completely in terms of what he can what he can contru- contribute to it. And I do hope. That Episode 7, that they strip it right back to what the original movie was without all the, um, you know, the busy stuff going on in the background and the CGI and the, you know, loads of characters with stupid names and every every alien has to be, you know, completely alien, not, you know, I just want to see human people doing sci-fi things in a kind of swashbuckling way and kind of all the coolness that was in that original you know the heart that was in that original movie that's that's why I hope they do
0: you know I grew up with star wars as uh, as you did and as a lot of people here did listening to the show and while george lucas created it and he's been in charge of it it's hard to to be angry with him with what he's done because it's been his baby and he, yeah. but he's been very hit and miss, but mostly I think hiss or uh, miss for <laughs> the last few years. Yeah. Um, what I want to do is quick, take a break and come back and, uh, talk about what we know and don't know and, uh, see what our opinions are on some of this news and, uh, you know, maybe a little bit of speculation. And then I'm going to talk about the movie that I saw last week, David, that I'm not happy with. So we'll be right back. Turn to the dark side and join me. I'll never join you. You killed my father. No, Luke. I am your father. That's not true.
1: That's impossible.
0: And Princess Leia is your sister.
1: That's not true. That's improbable.
0: And the Empire will be defeated by Ewoks. That's... (laughs) Very unlikely. And as a child, I built C-3PO. Huh? And the Force? Well, that's just microscopic bacteria in your bloodstream called midichlorians. Look, if you're not gonna take this seriously, I'm out. Back on geekiest show ever, number eighty-four. I am Tim Robertson. He is David Cohen. Did we even say our names at the beginning of the show, David? I don't think we did. I don't think we did.
1: We're so we're
0: so useless. Yes. Well, we're so used to doing our we're used to doing our own show, and we changed the opening for this than that we usually do. So
1: yeah, that's 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 a weak excuse, that and is. you know it.
0: It is. It's very weak. Um, obviously, love to get feedback for the geekiest show ever. Go to geekiestshowever.com. dot com and uh, you'll find ways to contact the hosts of the show there or leave comments on the show notes. Um, we're talking about Star Wars. We're talking about Disney. It, excuse me. Oh, we've got some uh, some questions, some things that we do know. Uh, first question, obviously, David, in my mind is, do you think we're going to see any more new Indiana Jones movies? Because that's part of that purchase.
1: Yeah, I I don't think so. No, I I, I you don't, don't think know. there's I, no
0: money to be made with Indiana Jones, especially I, I with maybe with a reboot.
1: Uh, a reboot would be really tough because I think the character is so closely associated with uh, Harrison Ford that to try and pull off somebody else doing it would be uh, it's probably too soon to do that. You know, um I and and I and I think the last movie left a lot of bad taste in people's mouths. Uh, and that, you know, again, that was, um, you know, that was another example of, of George kind of letting his ideas get away with him, really.
0: Um, it was the one Indiana Jones movie that Indy didn't even need to be in for in any aspect, and it wouldn't have changed the movie at all.
1: Well, not only that, it didn't. The, the whole plot didn't make any sense. No. Nope. You know, it's like the, you get to the end of the movie, and it, even even the you know the the previous movies they normally try to say something about what it was he was chasing down yeah and the whole point about indiana jones is that despite the fact that he's surrounded by all these people who are all either in it for the money or the glory or the fame or whatever you know he's he's even though he kind of does these things in a very extreme way he's he you know he recognizes that some of these things just aren't meant to be messed with and yet in the Crystal Skull, you don't really understand why he's chasing down the skulls. And then you get to the end and there's, there's uh, aliens and there's spaceships and all this sort of thing. And you just think, well, why, why did any of that happen? Right. <laughs> <laughs> why did any of that happen? And what the hell was the point of it? It doesn't say anything. And it just really, really comes, kind of, you know, like 10 shooting pages before the end. George said, right, I'm done. I've got no idea how to finish this off. <laughs> So let's just throw special effects
0: at it, and but don't you think that that they could possibly reboot Indiana Jones? Um, so do, you, do you? Well, you, you're not going to have Harrison Ford doing Indy anymore, or at least not the traditional Indiana Jones. But, He's just too I old. Think, no one's going to buy that. I,
1: I think this is the problem. I think without Harrison Ford doing it, just kind of doing it with a different actor just wouldn't. You know, it's not the same as something like James Bond, where you can kind of get away with that Why? every few years. I I just don't think it is. I think Matt Damon. I think I think the I think the character of Indiana Jones is too closely associated with Harrison Ford. I think if you haven't got his look the way he the way he interpreted that character and any actor who will, who would want to do that, if 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 the if an actor's gonna turn up on the set and he's just gonna do an imitation of Harrison Ford, what's the point? Right. Uh, so any actor is going to want to bring their own spin on it, but how can you bring your own spin on to a character that's so well established with over 30 years with the same actor? I just think it will be really tough, and I think it will be a, a huge risk. And I, I think I it would be
0: tough, but I don't think it's, it's uh, undoable, and I think they will do it. I, I'll throw a name uh, out there, and I just did. I don't know if you heard me. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Imagine him as Indy. I think he could totally pull it off.
1: I'm sure he could pull it off, but I, I just I'm just not sure whether anybody would want to go and see a movie like oh, that. Oh,
0: absolutely, absolutely! I think they would in a heartbeat. Um, next one, a lot of people are asking, "Who is this uh, Catherine Kennedy?" She's the one that's uh, in charge of Star Wars now, and a lot of people yep. are scratching their head and saying, "Well, who the hell is this woman, and does she have the chops to be in charge of something like Star Wars? Is is she a, uh, the right person?" Um, and the answer, the short answer is absolutely. Uh, she yeah. is. A, she was a producer on E.T. In fact, she did all of, not all of, but almost all of Steven Spielberg's big action, big screen shows or movies. Uh, yep. She was a producer of Back to the Future.
1: Jurassic Park. Jurassic, yeah, yeah. I
0: mean, she's, yeah. She absolutely has the chops to do this. So when I found out that she was the one that was in charge, and actually... George Lucas promoted her uh, earlier this year to co chair Lucasfilm, which mm-hmm. at the time I thought, okay, see, he's thinking about retiring and then she's going to take over, but he'll still have an important role at Lucasfilm, but she's going to be the new person in charge. Well, that's pretty much what happened, except he sold the company to Disney, which, oh, by the way, he's giving most of that money to charities. I don't know if you knew that. Yep. Which, but that's, that's something. <laughs> that's over 4 billion dollars going to charity that's amazing oh. even if he only gave a billion dollars away to charity that's a billion dollars yeah <laughs> so i think Kathleen Kennedy is uh an absolutely great choice i'm i'm not worried about it at all um i, I guess i guess the, the i mean the the, the real <clears throat> thing about how this is going to
1: work is is how what the relationship between Lucasfilm, as was, and, and the uh, executives on the Disney board are going to be, you know, whether they is it going to be ha- a hands off arrangement where they just get on with their own thing, or are Disney going to want to be more closely associated with the production of the movies? Well, I the don't products? know. If you look
0: at what they've done with Pixar, other than one really bad movie, they've done a really good job. The, the what, really what, go ahead. What, what's
1: the bad movie?
0: Oh, Cars two. It was terrible.
1: Really? Oh, <laughs> Do you think so? it
0: was, oh, it was terrible. Just wretched. from I start jo- to finish. I enjoyed Cars too. No, you didn't. You only think you did. I,
1: no, I did. No, you didn't. I did. In fact, I always. I mean, everyone always used to say that Cars was the weakest Pixar movie, and I, I never saw that. I always thought it was great.
0: Um, the, I thought the weakest Pixar movie was uh, A Bug's Life, the second one. You know, mm. the the second movie yeah. they did, A Bug's Life. I thought that was not very good. It was kind of cliched and <laughs> meh. I just, I didn't enjoy it much. Um, but I, I like the first Cars movie a lot. What I didn't yeah. like at all was the second Cars movie. I thought it was terrible. You just like it because it's got a freaking British actor, actor in it. Come on, oh, that's right.
1: Because <laughs> I'm, I'm really that shallow because I'm so insecure <laughs> about the British actors who uh, you know reign over Hollywood at the moment. Well, there
0: all the British guys were the bad guys in Star Wars. Yeah, no, <laughs> except not well, world, except are. for Alex Guinness
1: biggest super spy in the world is british just that's right that.
0: yeah. um i have to wonder how far in development they are for episodes seven eight and nine if there are in fact because george lucas contradicts himself all the time uh for years he said that he actually had a treatment for seven, seven eight and nine and in the infamous uh notebook of his and then later he says, "Oh no, it was just kind of Piney Sky stuff I was telling people, but I didn't actually do it." Um, so uh, who knows at this point? I mean, the guy's been traditionally flaky as hell when it comes to stuff like this. But the question is, how far do you think the plans are already for seven, eight, nine? Look, it's it's almost twenty fourteen or twenty thirteen now.
1: I'm sure that they've had stuff on the shelf. <laughs> At Lucasfilm for a long time for more movies, um, and I think George's focus has not been towards doing. That. I think he, you know, he he took a lot of knocks for the prequels, um, and you know that's that's going to kind of, you know, pitch on the guy, and then and then of course Alfred, it took them a long time to bring Indy Four out, and then when they did, it also wasn't well received. So I I suspect he he's become more conservative and m- much more interested in going back and redoing. Um, the stuff he'd done before because that's been their history for many years is to kind of go back and retweak the, the vision of the Star Wars movies Yeah um, And um, So so I would imagine there are people within the company who've had ideas for the next set of movies and they've constantly been knocked back I think now that um, now that there's been an acquisition and D- Disney have expressed interest in financing new movies they're probably dusting that stuff off and looking at it so I don't think it's you know, starting from a completely blank slate, but I, I would imagine it's very early
0: production planning at this stage. One so. of the things that they have to decide fairly quickly here, once the uh, at least the script for the first movie is done, is who's going to direct a new Star Wars movie. Um, maybe some people forgot, but George Lucas wasn't the director for all the Star Wars movies. No. In fact, the best... The the one everyone says is the best Star Wars movie is Empire Strikes Back, and he didn't direct that. No. Erwin Kirschner did. Yeah, and, I, and uh, I,
1: I hope they they go out and they source some decent talent for both writing and directing.
0: Christopher Nolan. Yeah, is is that is is a Star Wars film really Nolan's deal? I don't know. You tell me. What can what is a Star Wars movie? All we know is what basically Lucas has done. And even though he didn't direct Empire, he, his hand was over ninety eight percent of that movie. They, so I mean, it depends, it depends what you see them on. I, I, I mean, I always go back to the original film, and as I
1: said, you know, my view on it is it was kind of like, much like Raiders of the Lost Ark was. It was it was a Saturday morning serial type movie.
0: Yeah, but it can't you be know? that anymore, because that doesn't exist anymore. It really doesn't.
1: Well, perhaps, perhaps they could go back and try and do that. I'd, I think to try and turn it into something, I no one would want to turn it into something gritty and modern and, and relevant and... I'm just not sure that would work in a galaxy far, far away. What, if, you what if he
0: did Boba Fett? What if he did a standalone Boba Fett movie? Wouldn't that work? With yeah, Nolan's style? I think, style?
1: You, I think you, could, you could do that. You could take that in a different direction, and I think that would be interesting. I mean, I tell you what would be great for Nolan to do is Nolan to do The Force Unleashed. Yeah, I take don't want to that see the character. force eh. Well, I know you don't. I know you
0: don't like. I, th- it. Oh, I think gosh. Boba Fett would be quite... a better thing for him. Yeah, I, I, the I was... underground and gritty and going after somebody and all the cool weaponry and stuff. I, he's I, he's no, very think, much a Batman I, character to begin with.
1: Yeah, I, 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 To be honest with you, you know what would be more, far more interesting to me um, for a Nolan-style movie would be like the early days of Han Solo.
0: That would be yeah. good too. I would really like that. But then you fall back into Harrison Ford territory. If you yeah, think I, if you I'm, think Indy's hard to replace, Han Solo's completely impossible to replace.
1: But if you did a young Han Solo, you might be able to pull it off.
0: Well, you could say the same thing about India in a reboot.
1: Well, well yeah. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm
0: going to call your bullshit when you have bullshit there, David. Nope. <laughs> I'm sitting astride my bullshit, <laughs> and
1: I'm sticking two fingers up. As popular up in as
0: Indiana Jones is, Han Solo is a more popular character.
1: But, but Yeah, but the thing is, Han Solo is less... There's less depth to, to Han Solo as a character. I mean, he, he wasn't well characterized in the movies at all. No. You know, he was a very two-dimensional character. So I think there is more to... There is more, more stuff to kind of build into that. Whereas, you know, with, with Indiana Jones, we've seen his relationships with women. We've seen his relationship with the love of his life. We've seen his relationship with his father. Um, we've even seen the relationship with his son, God forbid, in their final movie. So he's, he's much more rounded and, and, and three-dimensional. Whereas Han Solo is very flat, you know. Who did and, the, uh, uh,
0: the, the Dead movies, the... Uh Oh, I can't think of the name. Evil Dead stuff. What was that guy's oh, name? Oh,
1: guy, the guy who did um, the first Spider-Man movie.
0: Yeah, uh, Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi. I want to see Sam Raimi do a dark, not quite a horror picture show, but a dark Ewok movie. <laughs> <laughs> dark Ewok movie. Yeah, you know, you know, it's all I it's all about being out find, in the woods, and there and I there's these characters uh, uh, that are I scared think, uh, and. And then, I think
1: if you go to the right sites on the internet, you can probably find some fairly dark <laughs> Ewok movies.
0: I, of that, I have absolutely no doubt. What about a J.J. Abrams? What he did with Star, uh, Star Trek? Well, yeah, well, he, he made he, that more he, like a Star Wars movie, if anything.
1: Yeah, he 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 may be, but but the thing is, he's deeply involved with star trek would he be interested in getting into another side i think i think
0: almost any director would be interested in doing a star wars movie
1: in fact i tell you who would be awesome is the team of people who did the uh battle
0: star galactica tv series no because see then you're going to get into the dark stuff again they were very yeah but you want the dark stuff that's what you want yeah I do actually.
1: I tell you, I tell you what would be for me. What one of the things I always liked about I love the games, yeah. the Lucasfilm games, you know, X-wing, Tie Fighter, all that sort of thing. And the great thing about Tie Fighter, which was I think was one of the be- was the better game of, of the whole series of those kind of space simulators, was it was completely told from the Empire's point of view. Yeah. And to me, that's an interesting story. You know, what's it like to be a guy working for the Empire? And really believing that, you know, the that the the rebels are scum, that the rebels are you know, that the empire's the coolest thing and I mean you can remember, in the original in the original um, script for Star Wars, um, both Biggs and Luke were gonna go away to the Academy and become Empire pilots. Mm-hmm. They weren't they weren't they didn't have leanings Swords of Rebellion
0: particularly.
1: No, so, it wasn't
0: until Luke came across as dead aunt and uncle. Yeah. That yeah, he well
1: then kind of you know that that whole kind of burning skeleton thing kind of colored his perceptions at that point, but um you know i mean that, that's the more interesting thing you can't you can 't run an empire purely on fear and subjugation you must you know you kind of, kind of kind of con people into it, which of course is is the one thing that I think the prequels got right is showing how you know if you maneuver and connive you can kind of push people into a situation where all of a sudden they they crown you as emperor yeah i mean he that
0: was a long play what the emperor did he didn't just yeah, take but, over overnight
1: that, that was that was to me that was the more interesting part of the prequels not the uh you know the journey to the dark side of of anakin but actually i agree how the emperor came around i agree um, and i and i think there is there is stuff to be the uh, stories to be told about what it's like to be in the empire and what it's like to work for the empire and you know how people within that organization within the military and also within the civilian side of the empire felt about being under the empire and you know some for, there would have been some people who, who were completely cool with it uh and you know what 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 their view of the rebellion all that I think there's stuff to be to be found there.
0: Let me ask you a final question before we wrap up the Star Wars segment, take our last break, and uh, do a quick movie review. What do you hope the next trilogy, or at the very least, what the next movie is about? What are you hoping for?
1: Um, I hope it's not about politics.
0: Yeah. I agree (laughs) with you.
1: You know, there was, was, particularly the first prequel, so much politics. I hope it doesn't follow the... The kind of the structure of all the other movies, which is you know here we start, oh, we find ourselves in the situation. oh look, the situation is much worse than we thought it was. Oh look we're, now we 're uh, on the run for the bad guys, oh look we 've maneuvered a situation where there 's going to be a huge battle, and at the end something really big blows up, and everyone celebrates i don 't want to see that that structure anymore, so all my only hope for the next star Wars movie is it doesn 't look like that at all, and as i said i 'd like to see them strip it right back very little cgi much more practical effects much more of a personal story about you know action and swashbuckling and heroism and that sort of thing and really less about less about the you know the the empire or the uh, republic or whatever it is uh less jedi even i think i'm kind of done with the jedis at this point we know everything we need to know about the jedi uh, and much more about other people in the universe.
0: I'd like to see. Uh, I'd like to see Luke Skywalker. I think the movie almost needs to open with Luke Skywalker, played by Mark Hamill. I think that would get the biggest pop of all time. After all these years seeing. You know, Grand Master of the Jedi Order, Luke Skywalker. Um, searching for new Jedi, and tra- or training new Jedi. I think that would be kind of neat, um, building up basically an army to take on whatever the bad guys are going to be. Something like that would be pretty cool. But I don't know. I, I I've been struggling with what I want to see in a new Star Wars movie for a while now since this news came out. I just want more Star Wars. I want to be entertained, and yeah. like you, I would love to recapture the magic that I felt the first in the first three movies, sitting in a movie theater. But you know, I was 7, 11, and 12 when those movies came out, Yeah, or 13, something like that. I mean, there is an opportunity here to finally settle
1: that huge internet question. What would win in a fight between the Star Destroyer and the USS Enterprise?
0: <laughs> well, Disney doesn't own that property, so we're still not going to see that. Crossover, crossover. Yeah. We
1: can still get the deal done.
0: So let's take a quick break, and um, we're talking about another science fiction movie that I don't think David's seen yet, but I'm going to do a quick review of. Be right back. Captain Solo, do you copy? This is Overweight Pilot number 1. Commander Skywalker, do you copy? Who are you looking for? Captain Solo, there you are. I'm sorry, I didn't copy that. Who are you looking for? (sighs) Carlos Spicy Wiener, do you copy?
1: Carlos Spicy Wiener here, go ahead.
0: Last segment, Geekiest Show Ever, number 84. Talking about a, a movie, David, that I went and saw at a beautiful, beautiful movie theater in Oak Park, Illinois. Um, I mean, this thing could hold like 2,000 people, and I'm not even joking. And yep. There was eight people in there to watch this movie. It was uh, the 6.30 showing. This movie's almost 3 hours long, which was about uh 2 hours too long. <laughs> uh it's called Cloud Atlas. And have you seen the previews for Cloud Atlas? I have. What do you think the movie's about?
1: Well, it from the trailer I saw, it appeared to be something to do with uh a group of people who were kind of doing the same thing in different times that's kind of what it looked like so um that was pretty much as much as i got, I've got tom hanks in it um so that's pretty much as much as i got out of it so it looked like it was kind of some sort of parallel um kind of you know people having to achieve the same thing maybe in different times or something like that that was kind of I, mean, it was, it I got was a little of myself, that. To be honest. Yeah,
0: and yeah. I, I also and my wife and I both thought it, maybe this is some kind of a a love story between Tom Hanks and and Haley Berry where they keep coming across each other and at the end they figure out you know that we've loved each other throughout time or because it was that kind of gave that impression in the previews that I saw as well, which is kind of interesting. Um, unfortunately, it's not about any of those things. It's basically about five different timelines and that the only thing that they have in common is certain people uh, seem to be there and they have a tattoo, or or, I'm sorry, a, a birthmark that looks like a shooting star. Other than that, and one instance of Haley Berry's character hearing music and saying, I've heard this before, which she did in a previous life, none of the... Sub movies, none of the thing none of the time frames have anything to do with the other. nothing what happens in one has no bearing or consequence on the other ones at all um at times the the makeup jobs that the actors have is fantastic, and at other times it's absolutely atrocious, just the worst thing ever, like there's this uh uh Chinese girl in the far future. And she plays a Chinese girl. But then when they do this, I don't want to call it a flashback, but when they go to another time, and it's during slavery in the United States, she's got yeah. the worst makeup job of being a redhead with freckles. But she's clearly a freaking Chinese girl still. It was so bad. It was so bad. Um, it may have been one of the worst movies I've seen in a long time. Not because I didn't get it, because I did get it. Uh, I'm a very sophisticated moviegoer, especially when it comes to sci-fi and, and big concepts like this. Um, each one of the... you got to think of them. each timeline as its own separate movie. Mm-hmm. And it jumps between them so often that, you know, okay. Um, each one of them was a bad movie by itself. Cliched. Easy to figure out what's happening and what's going to happen. Never disappointed. Uh, Decent acting. But it's so cliched. Uh, In one of them, it's in the the early 70s. Haley Berry plays a writer who the truth is right in front of her half the time. And it takes the sneaky kid who lives in the same apartment building to point out the obvious at every turn. I'm like, really? This was... That that was a bad concept in the seventies, let alone now. Yeah, heavy hand, heavy fisted, um, corny, a really weak. They're trying to push this kind of a philosophy uh, or the spirituality in the movie that is just really bad. Just it's just it's a terrible movie, and I so wanted. To, I didn't have really high expectations. But I thought, okay, you know, it's the Wachowskis. They usually do pretty good jobs in movies. It's got Tom Hanks, who's a fabulous actor. Haley Berry's with the right uh, script is really good. With the wrong yeah. script, it's Catwoman. Catwoman. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she is, or Storm in the X Men. Ugh, just bad. Um, I had high hopes for it, though. You know, I, I was really looking forward to seeing it this movie, and it was just bad just bad i was so disappointed it was pointless more than anything else when you're done watching it you're like why why did i that was dumb the whole thing was as dumb so that's my without giving any spoilers away because and i could and you wouldn't care (laughs) um just a bad movie. There, look. There's the only parts that I liked was um, this English. Um, he's not uh, an agent for writers. Mm-hmm. Is something happens to him and his journey was actually entertaining and you laugh quite a bit. Um, but other than that, I, I didn't care about any of the characters. And sometimes Tom Hanks is a villain, and other times he's a good guy uh just it wasn't good at all it was just really bad
1: that's sad really because it's quite an expensive film as well and uh... they deserve
0: to lose tons of money on it too because if that's the kind of crap that you're going to do in green light and nobody at any point is saying wow you know what this is really bad this is just bad stop doing this movie we're just going to pull the plug it's just terrible then you deserve to lose money
1: did it come across a group of people who really liked... Because it's based on a, a novel, isn't it? Who really liked the book and kind of were desperate to make the movie but didn't really
0: know how to do it? Possibly. I, I didn't even know it was a book, to be honest. I've never yeah. heard of it. Um, no, it was just bad. It was... You just don't care. Yeah. Uh, Hugo Weaving um, plays a female nurse in, in one time frame, and that was entertaining. Yeah. But other than that, it's just bad it just wasn't good on any level just really bad makeup jobs for the most part um uncompelling characters and story you know where they're going it's just not good yeah i mean it it all came across as b science fiction and yeah. it could have been a lot better but it was whatever scope they had for it they completely blew and I can understand why a lot of people wouldn't be able to follow it very good because it, it jumps back and forth through all these time frames or timelines. And you're like, oh, okay, now i got to wrap my head about what was going on here the last time I was with these characters. But it doesn't relate to what you just saw or what comes next. There's there's See, no I would, correlation. I was
1: if you're going to tell something episodic like that where it's stories within stories, you're much better actually presenting each one as a self-contained unit and drawing the links between them allowing the viewer to do that rather than trying to shove the links in their face by cutting back between one another. and that's what they did it's yeah.
0: exactly what they did it was just it was just bad it, i didn't enjoy it at all so my advice to the listeners do not go see this movie it's just <laughs> it's just terrible don't don't give them the satisfaction of going and watching this movie because they don't deserve your money do it right or just don't do it but this is just bad and I usually can find something positive in most movies. I didn't find anything positive in this movie. It was it just stunk from start to finish. So there you go. Okay, let's uh, and do us
1: a favor. Uh, the money you save from going on those movie tickets. We have a PayPal account. Just send
0: it straight to us. That's right. I saved you. We'll, I saved you eight bucks yeah. to see a movie, so you could send half of it. I saved yeah. you half your money. <laughs> So with that, we're going to wrap up this episode of Geekiest Show Ever, number eighty-four. It's a lot of fun to do. Coming back uh, to our old uh, hangout and uh, talking geeky stuff, David. Uh, you know what? We could we could do another three shows straight straight now. I've got so much. I know. straight
1: geeked to talk about.
0: <laughs> so you want to tell the listeners uh, a little bit about our show and what we do and where they could find it and all that
1: yes it's the most unprofessional show on the network, and I know that's saying something but <laughs> so tech fan is is basically it's it's you and me, and we talk about tech we we are geeky fans we like the gadgets we like the technology uh, um, we're big apple fans, but we don't just talk about that and we you know we talk about games we talk about um, you know all sorts of different technology aspects the industry sometimes we talk about the news sometimes we talk about things we've done that are kind of tech related and we are fans of technology and that's what the show is called
0: absolutely and with that we hope you check out tech fan it's at techfanpodcast.com you can do a search in itunes and find it and uh david and i won't have a show this week because we did this episode of geekiest but we'll be back on tech fan next week and of course next week you guys will probably get kevin and mark back here to uh continue their uh They're great podcasting ways. So with that, Dave and I are going to sign off and see you at TechFan.